On today's Recur Now, we take a look at your subscription headlines, and our team debates the value of customer reviews. Are they overrated or underrated? From ProfitWells Boston HQ, it is Tuesday, September 17th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. The world subscribed. We'll tell you where Zora is on tour, the 411 on an AI meeting assistant product, and will all companies in the content world become media companies? Plus, MoviePass is no more. We're diving deep with some exclusive insight from a MoviePass enthusiast. We're breaking down today's top subscription news. As Zora is in the midst of taking subscribed on a world tour, it sends greetings from New York City. It tweeted, Good morning from the Big Apple, where we are continuing the hashtag subscribed world tour with the spotlight on hashtag SaaS growth. More to come. Yesterday's subscribed event was specifically for SaaS businesses, before jet-setting to Austin, an event for D2C businesses today. And do you ever leave a meeting thinking that could have all been said in an email? No worries, Soapbox Sidekick is here to help. It's an artificial intelligence assistant that helps managers and their teams prepare for one-on-ones in team meetings, facilitate conversations, and gain insights into performance and engagement. So far, 170 upvotes on Product Hunt. You can join the waitlist for early access. Episode number 10 of Escape Velocity with Dan Martell is up, and it's all about how to raise your prices effectively. Martell sat down with ProfitWell CEO Patrick Campbell. Together, they delve into optimizing pricing, limiting churn, subscription growth, and many other key topics for aspiring entrepreneurs. Campbell and Martell also discuss why they believe media is the future. You can listen to the episode in full on Apple Podcasts. A tumultuous two-year saga has officially come to an end. Today, we're diving deep on MoviePass's journey to the end. It's been months of bad press for MoviePass. Last year, the company laid off huge swaths of its staff. Recently, MoviePass temporarily shut down services in July. Then last month, its customers' credit card numbers were exposed in plain text online. MoviePass's parent company revealed in a press release last week that the service for all subscribers would end starting September 14th because efforts to recapitalize were not successful. The press release went into further detail, saying, The company is unable to predict if or when the MoviePass service will continue. The company is continuing its efforts to seek finance to fund its operations. There can be no assurance that any such financing will be obtained or available on terms acceptable to the committee. Now, one of our ProfitWell pricing strategists, John Mangini, happens to be a huge fan of MoviePass and has been following the ups and downs. We brought him in for a little insight. Okay, so you're a devoted MoviePass supporter. Why? Oh, MoviePass. So I was, I signed up a couple years ago when they just launched. When the product first came out, I was like, this is awesome. This is going to be great. Unlimited movies, $10 a month. First off, it's probably too good to be true, but it wasn't. We went to the movies, never had any issues. And I was a big fan of the model. We love subscriptions. It made a lot of sense from a business standpoint. I don't know how much sense it made though. And I think that's when we started seeing the, uh, the challenges come through in the subscription model. When you don't understand your business model behind the scenes. So basically MoviePass ran out of money 
and it ran out of money pretty fast. How does that happen? This goes back to you know our day-to-day in, in Price Intel. We work with a lot of companies understanding their value metric, right? That is ultimately what the customer is paying for. And what MoviePass did is they had a good value metric as a number of movies. But what they didn't do is realize that every single movie cost them more money. So once you went to more than one movie a month, you literally were already becoming a negative customer cost. So it was costing the company more money to have you on the platform. With MoviePass, if you went to more than one movie, they were losing money on you and they weren't making money in any other way. And their plan was, if we eventually sell the data, we'll kind of, you know, that's where we'll make our money, but there's no way they were going to last that long. They were like, oh, we'll, we'll sell the data soon. And if you look at last year's data, I think they're responsible for like 5% of all movies seen, which is great, but it wasn't long enough to really get, get that data worth anything. So again, not understanding your business model from a cost economic standpoint, that's where you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So last question, do you have any predictions or hopes for the future of MoviePass? Honestly, with AMC, with the with the Stubbs, I think it's the Stubbs program now, I don't think there's a chance MoviePass comes back. The only, I think it becomes one of those cool startups that had a good idea, did change the space for a little bit, but ultimately there's just no way they can come back unless they start movie theaters, right? If you have your own theater, you have a chance, but I just don't see anyone giving them another ch- chance at giving them money to start a theater. And as long as the only time I could see a, a possibility is if AMC and these other theaters get rid of their subscription model. I think it's good for the consumer. So if they were to get rid of that because they're not as making much as they want to, then I think MoviePass might have a chance to come back. But if they keep their, I think it's three movies a month for 20 bucks and it's any type of feature, any type of format, so like 3D, which is typically $20, if they keep that going, there's just no way MoviePass can compete. Sad, sad times. All right. Thank you, John. And that's a wrap on your subscription news for September 17th. We'll have more recurring revenue news for you here tomorrow. Now, a trailer for our show, Profit Well Report. You've got the questions. How do podcasts and videos impact marketing growth? And we have the data. We looked at over 1.2 million different subscription consumers. A brand new Profit Well Report comes out tomorrow. Sign up at ProfitWellReport.com. We're joined by some of the ProfitWell crew in this segment of Overrated, Underrated. Today, we've got Andrew Gear, Ian Black, Neil Desai, and Gina Aginson, along with myself, to weigh in. But, but what do you think about customer reviews? Overrated or underrated? Underrated. The only reason why I think customer reviews are overrated is because it can prevent people from actually trying it themselves. Like, my girlfriend, for example, will refuse to go to a restaurant if it has less than four stars. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, let's let's try it out. Maybe no. they've just gotten a bad rap. Maybe they haven't been around for very long. But nope. No, because four you stars to, not happening. You have so to qualify how many reviews. Five five reviews total and five stars, not helpful. Don't trust it. That mm-hmm. could all be your family. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you they had a really good experience. But like 6,000 at 2.5, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> and when the food comes out cold, you only have yourself to blame. It's hard to know what's really truthful these days. I have a hard time trusting customer reviews. Have you read all of it? Like, Yelp's a good example about how people can just spew a bunch of BS. Like, oh, the waiter looked at me wrong. One star. Doesn't say anything about the food or, the, or your own experience. Yes. Isn't there an issue about Yelp, like paying or like um, threatening businesses if they don't use Yelp to give them bad reviews? What? I've heard that really? as well. Yeah. I've Is heard that a rumor? Are you starting a rumor I've heard it right from now? A, a small business owner who said that 
they were like, don't go on Yelp, don't follow Yelp because they call you all the time and they say if you don't use Yelp or use that, that Yelp sticker in the window or whatever, then they threaten you with the bad reviews. So I've been more weary, but I am guilty of the four-star Do four you think that's them actually just saying like you won't have visibility and control into your reviews and a small business owner interprets that as a threat when in reality, right, it's the messaging Potentially. of like, hey, we give you much more transparency. Potentially, I should check my source. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're starting rumors. <laughs> I, think B, I think a B2B use case might be a little bit better. Like G2 crowd yeah. might have more valid opinions on the whole versus like B2C with just, you know, all the different opinions out there. They're going to vary extremely wildly and it doesn't really reflect, I think, like the true value proposition of the product. Or the yeah, product. but like you don't trust the-, the stars alone. Sorry, Neil. I just think about like read through them, do a quick. I also, in all fairness, it took me a month and a half to buy a pair of down mittens <laughs> because I read too many reviews. So like I am a terrible example of doing this um, and the analysis paralysis, but read the reviews to see if there are any trends, right? You're buying a new app or you're buying a new software for your business or you're buying something B2C. See if there are trends in the reviews of the fact that like, oh, the stitching is just pretty consistently faulty across 50 reviews. Yeah, I think at least for B2B, you see the rise of like G2 Crowd, Captera, a lot of these other services being a platform for helping companies buy software. Uh, But it's also hard to really trust the authenticity so on Amazon, uh, I can't remember the name of it right now, but they actually, there's a little attachment you can put on. Fake extension. Spot. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, it actually tells yes. you, it'll give you a grade of the reviews. So if you see all great mm-hmm. ones, but it's an F, you go, okay, probably not going to trust it. Yeah. And so I don't know, it goes into all the algorithms or anything, but that helps, you know, kind of figure out what's going on there. I know that's always been helpful for me at least. That's but, cool. Yeah. But that's definitely more B2C. Are any of you guys reviewers? I review when I get paid. Mm. How often are you getting paid or some for sort of incentive? Yeah. Are you soliciting what? these? Oh yeah, no. I've, like G two Crowd offers me Amazon gift cards all the time to review software that I use. Mm. Oh, interesting. Huh? Yeah. Huh. yeah. I don't know how you and, got into that panel, but I'm very jealous. And uh, how does that how does that work? Like, are they is, does G two Crowd get your name as a user of the software and they reach out to you? Yeah. So it's a combination of them saying, "Hey, we think you use this, or we think you use one of these." Like. If you leave a review for any one of them, we'll give you like a $25 gift certificate. Hmm. Um, but it's like, it's an agnostic of what your review actually is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so as long as you complete the review, they'll, they'll send you the gift card. Interesting. It's an interesting way to incentivize people. Yeah. I've definitely done one of those before and it was for like a Starbucks gift card. I probably mm. did a review for like 25 minutes and I don't think I ever even received the gift card. Mm. <laughs> like that's such a classic, okay, you'll get it sent to you in a few minutes. And then I forget about it. But at least I did something for the greater good. And there you have it, your September 17th episode of Recur Now. Check back here tomorrow where we do it all again. And if you know anyone who'd want on the list to receiving daily episodes, send them straight to recurnow.com. <laughs>